Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're going to meet the Director of Volunteer Strategy and Planning at the United Way of Central Carolinas, and we'll inspire you to do good Charlotte by various ways you can get involved with Hands-On Charlotte Day. Bob Young, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Great to be here, Pamela. Thank you. People may not know, but we are in National Volunteer Week right now, right? That is correct, yes. So um, can you first share what was the inspiration for Hands-On Charlotte Day? Of course. When Hands-On Charlotte was founded back in the early 90s, we wanted to find ways to open the door wide to volunteers. And one way to do that is to have a big honking day of volunteer service that anybody who can sign up or you know, just get connected with through their company as an individual, maybe through their house of faith, would be able to come out and do projects that Hands on Charlotte had organized and managed in a way to just get people to get off the sideline and get into the community and do some good, even if it's just for one day. Yeah, and I think what's great is that it is active versus not to say that money is always important and writing checks is always important and every nonprofit that I have here talks about that. Mm-hmm. But having the ability to do something, get involved, is a wonderful opportunity. Has hands-on uh, Charlotte Day always been during the volunteer week? No, actually it has moved a little bit. When it was founded, it was in May, actually, um, for the first uh, 15 years or so of its existence. We then moved it to the fall. We were trying to get away from some of the the busyness that happens in the spring in Charlotte, and there was more things coming in with golf tournaments and uh, NASCAR and all of that. So I said, all right, well, let's try to find our own space. So we moved it to October for a few years and actually then moved it to September um, for the 9-11 memorial Mm -hmm. and trying to do service around um, making that day special on a day of service. But it was probably about seven or eight years ago that we decided, all right, we need to be connected to the national uh, movement for volunteering. And so National Volunteer Week made sense. And that's why we moved it back to April. Uh, Is this weather permitting? Because today it's raining. Uh, I see multiple forecasts saying yes or no. So what will happen if it rains? It is a rain or shine event. We do have mostly outdoor projects, but there are a couple indoors as well. What we tell our volunteers, and this goes through all of our projects, is that if we see that there is a strong uh, prediction of violent weather, then we will reassess and we will probably cancel. If it's just showers and passing rain, then we will get wet. And that's, that's okay. We can get wet for one day. Yeah, we can do the same thing on the sports fields or when we're working out. We can do the same thing if we wanted to fix up something. Um, can you share a story about people who participated last year or maybe some of the feedback you received from last year's event? Because th- th- it was on Saturday again, ending out the week last year as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
I think the you know the feedback that we get, Pamela, is that a lot of times we're connecting people to issues or maybe not even as large a concept as issues to parts of town that people have never been in before because they live in one place, they work in another place, and there's a lot of there's a lot of neighborhoods in Charlotte that are you know have been disinvested over the years and people just don't know that people you know their neighbors live there and giving people the opportunity to maybe reach outside of themselves is one of the things that they appreciate at the end of the day it's not just the work they did it's the environment within the within which they did the work i love that because what we're doing at the Queen City Podcast Network is trying to build community and understanding the importance of knowing your local area. And so, yeah, maybe that's not your back door, but it's someone that you know uh, or potentially could work with or interact with. And so understanding where people come from and what we experience, it just connects us better. That's great that that's what's happening. Um, what surprises you about your work when you organize these events? Wow, that's a great question. I think the thing that surprises me is how willing people are to to roll up their sleeves and lend a hand on on types of projects that they have zero experience doing. They trust in us to bring them into a, a situation where they'll be able to be effective, but it's something that they have no personal history in doing. And so when we are working with those volunteers and maybe they are using a, uh, a cordless drill for the first time, or maybe they're uh, doing some sort of light construction or, or uh, landscaping that's outside of their history. It's fun to be able to teach somebody something new in the context of a volunteer project. Yeah, I'm thinking about some of the skills that are required for some of these projects that I was looking up. Um, one of them was assembling furniture I'm not necessarily the best at that, but yeah, I'll do it for somebody else if it, it will help somebody. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, when you were picking out opportunities, I mean, in your role, I'm guessing you're interacting with so many different organizations that have potential volunteer opportunities, but you've narrowed it down for seven different organizations that are going to benefit on Saturday. Uh, how did you pick them or who, who do they come to you? What, what was the thought process in figuring out what these projects could be. We were very intentional in choosing projects this year that we wanted to concentrate on areas and neighborhoods where United Way is active through our Unite Charlotte um, grantees and also through our United Neighborhoods initiatives because we are active in with the nonprofits and the community leaders in those neighborhoods we wanted to give other people through volunteerism an opportunity to get into those neighborhoods and to learn a little bit more. And so that's how the roster of projects came about. Let's talk about that because we were talking about this before we started recording, but people think about the United Way is I write my check and I check off the boxes of where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And that's what you guys do, distribute money. But you're saying that concept of is much bigger now. United Way is rethinking about how you're interacting with all these grantees, right? Absolutely. I mean, and this was a initiative put in place a couple of years ago, and our current CEO, Laura Clark, has really taken it to the next level of understanding that if we were just to pass through organization for people's funds, where is the value add for that? 
And on the nonprofit side, it had become very cumbersome in terms of trying to become a United Way agency in terms of the amount of information, paperwork, um, history you had to have to be able to, um, to play in that sandbox. We decided that that was not the best way to address some of the fundamental issues of economic mobility, which are really more neighborhood-based in Charlotte. And so how do we open up our processes to make smaller nonprofits, neighborhood associations available to United Way and to our funders? And so totally rethinking how money gets passed through and how we work. And so trying to simplify the process so that we can work with more grassroots agencies, and not just in terms of being able to fund them, but be able to provide volunteer support as well. And so it's not, your work is all year round, but this is an opportunity to sort of lump a bunch of things together for one day for people who are looking for volunteer opportunities. But let's be clear, like you, there's things that you could be doing all year round through the United Way if you wanted to. This is a way to get a taste of it. Absolutely. We, we look at, you know, a date, uh, an event like Hands on Charlotte Day. And we love the, the work of the hands that people will be able to supply on that day and that schools and the neighborhoods and the nonprofits, they'll be able to help. But on a deeper level, we want to be able to get into their heads. We want to be able to show on this day how you can really be hands on Charlotte and Charlotte in the you know, most true sense of every part of our community. And so if we can make that connection, then that sets us up and sets up our um, partners for hopefully longer-term success. And you're planting the seed early in some of these activities because I noticed the age requirements. I'm a mom. I've got kids. I'm thinking, oh, I would love to get them to do some things. And mm -hmm. there's definitely some events that are do that. So let's talk about a little bit specifics. Um, people can paint. They can clean up. They, like I said, assemble furniture. Lots mm -hmm. of hands-on activities. What are some of the, there are some requirements where some of the activities, you can be as young, I think, as six or eight, I think? Correct. One thing we love to do is be able to engage with families. But we understand that the nature of a lot of the work we do on the landscaping or like construction and all that really isn't appropriate for the younger kids. So one of our host sites this year is Marie G. Davis K-8 School. It is located off of South Tryon, just south of the um, Southside Homes and Brook Hill neighborhood. Very much a community school. The students are from the neighborhood. But in addition to all the beautification we're going to be doing around the school, we said, can you open up your doors and can we put together some very family-friendly, maybe arts and crafts type of projects, making bookmarks or no-sew blankets and things like that, things that kids could do. But it brings them into that environment, brings their parents into that environment, and gets them part of a larger volunteer effort, but in a way that uh, gets them uh, into uh, where the need is. And there's lots of other things too. So one's at a school, another's at a horse farm. Uh, I was just, I was mm -hmm. impressed by the variety, mm -hmm. even with just seven different organizations. Exactly. Yeah. Shining Hope Farms is one of our great partners and they have uh, four actually different farms in the greater Charlotte area. And we like it just because it's good outdoor work. It's it's huge. Any farm that you go to always has needs. And so when we reach out to, um, uh, you know, the Fitzpatrick family who are the uh, owners of that, we just reach out and said, hey, date's coming up. Do you have work for us to do? And they said, absolutely. So is it part of the neighborhood 
Um, Focus, no, but it is an organization that we help throughout the year, and we wanted to be able to give them some love on HOC Day as well. That's awesome. And there's so there's seven different events. I clicked on each of them so we can go to your website and find them. I noticed that it was set up through Eventbrite. So I was just, for people who are thinking about it, uh, is it possible that some of those events are going to hit a maximum of volunteers? Will there be a limit to how many people can participate? There is, yes. There is a ceiling, and actually Shining Hope Farms has reached its ceiling. It's the only one so far that we've maxed out the number of slots, Um, but each and every other project that's available still has volunteer opportunities. Okay, so we'll talk more about those other opportunities in a minute. This is Pamela Escobar. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. After the break, we'll find out how you can sign up and get involved with Hands on Charlotte Day. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by OrthoCarolina. The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili, and whenever you can, get fresh vegetables, especially in the summer when they are in season. This has been your 60-second wellness tip powered by OrthoCarolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. So how can people get involved and find out more? Easiest thing to do is go to our website, www.handsoncharlotte.org. Click on the photo that's on our homepage, and it takes you to the event page that lists all of the projects we have. You could click on the names of the projects, get a little bit more information, some more detail about uh, what time they start, where are they located, what type of work you're going to be doing. And... If there is a minimum age, what is the minimum age for those volunteers? Once you've got that, it's just a click and put in your name and how we can contact you, and we will send you a verification, and then we'll send up a follow-up later this week so you have the latest details about where we're going to meet, what you're going to be doing, and just come out. Yeah, I'm I'm guilty of procrastination, so I'm one of those people that sign up at the last minute. So knowing that already one of the events is full might be a good motivator for me uh, to look into some of these things. So one of them is that making furniture at Beds for Kids, but there's other things that they're, they're doing there as well, right? And then uh, there is the painting of the new Brook Hill Community Center, beautification at the Arbor Glen Apartments, the family volunteer fair that you mentioned earlier, the Lakewood Neighborhood Spruce Up and Celebration, and then, oh, and the school makeover. So it's almost like two events in one at one location. Exactly. That allows us to bring everyone together. Sometimes you'll have a family where maybe dad wants to do a little bit more kind of physical stuff while mom and the kids are doing the family friendly. It allows them to switch out if that's their, um, you know, the way that they want to give that day. So you can sign up your group too. So if your church wants to sign up 
for some of these events, you can organize a group and get them on there and tell them to go there. You could do it as a family. You can do it as an individual. You'll take people however they want to come, right? Absolutely. Okay. Are, is there any certain site that you'll be at? I will be at Marie G. Davis. I will be running that project and uh, just... It has uh, several different aspects to it, and we've done a lot with that school over the years. They're a great partner for us, and uh, because that's probably one of our larger, that's where I'll be. Yeah, especially since there's going to be things going on at the outside and the inside. And, And again, I think we can stress... If you're like someone like myself who doesn't necessarily have a lot of hands-on skills, I can still figure out something. I can, there's still ways that I can help. Yeah, we work with volunteers all the time, and we pretty much know what is within folks' wheelhouse and what is beyond. And so we structure our projects such that it's a very low ramp to effectiveness. So uh, we don't want you to be using like a um, chainsaw for the very first time at one of our projects. But there's a possibility that with some, you know, some smaller tools, we'll be able to teach you for the first time. And I think anyone can paint. I, I've done that at home. I can handle that uh, at another location and still new, do a nice job that someone would be proud of. I, one of my last questions, I think most people have good intentions, but they don't actually take action. And I'm sure you encounter this all the time. So in your experience, what really motivates people to take that action? No, I think that's very individual. Sometimes they may see something on TV. Maybe they hear about somebody else who made a difference. Maybe they come across somebody who just inspired them to take that step. What I try to tell people is, you know, the intention is great and it's wonderful that it's there, but until you, it actually leads to an action, nothing's happened. And so even if it's a small action, now Hands on Charlotte Day, it's just a couple of hours. You know, all our projects are either two, two and a half, a couple of them are three hours on a Saturday morning in April. And it's pretty easy to get involved. And maybe that will lead to something else. We hope so. But just getting out and just for a few hours, giving of yourself, it's a very easy thing to do. And by intention, that's what we want it to be. Yeah. Well, I hope it's successful. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about? No, I think you were very comprehensive. Thank you. All right. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming. If you know someone else like Bob who is doing good in our community, let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Do Good Charlotte is recorded at the Queen City Podcast Network studio at Advent Coworking in Uptown Charlotte. Producers are Brian Baltoschwitz and Pamela Escobar. <laughs>